Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. I thought Kamala Khan had uh, Delta Sky Miles or AA Advantage or uh, <laughs> Southwest Rapid Rewards or United Mileage Plus. I thought she had some because Chatter showed on that damn plane. I ain't know what to do. I thought that lady just went and got her own damn ticket and left, okay? Left the state of New Jersey, got on a 15-hour flight and left, okay? But child, it turns out there's a little bit more to it, okay? So let me not uh, let me not slander Kamala Khan and let's get down to the things, okay? It's your weekly bonus episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island? Or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. actually don't have much in the way of Marvel news this week. I mean, you know, there's always a lot of tedious rumors and all kinds of crap that comes out, but nothing that has really stuck. The only couple of things that I wanted to address before I jump into the episode is, one, we're a week away now, less than a week away now, from Thor Love and Thunder. 
and I'm very excited about the movie. You know, I'm always excited about Marvel movies. So, you know, Thor is not my... Uh-huh. Thor is not my vocation. It's not necessarily, you know, my conviction, my journey. But, you know, they're starting to win me over. You know, they started off very rough. Very rough. But we all love the character of Thor. And I think this movie is going to be great. We got around Ragnarok. And Ragnarok was, you know much better installment than the previous two so i'm excited about it i'm i bought my child let me not give too much away because i'm gonna have to get off work a little early because i i bought a ticket for you know i always go see my marvel movies on thursday with multiverse of madness being the exception because i had to wait till my friends come in town but i always go see my marvel movies on thursday i usually do a late night showing just you know because I do Thursdays. I don't want anything spoiled from me. You know, I'm an actual, like, diehard fan, so I don't want anything spoiled. But, y'all, they actually, usually, on Thursday night, there are, like, two showings. There's a 7 o'clock showing, and then there's, like, a 9.30 or a 10 o'clock showing. They got, like, a 4 o'clock showing on this day, and you better goddamn believe it that I got tickets for that 4 o'clock showing. I'm okay. Don't play with me. I will be in the building, okay? There was another random rumor, though. It's this super odd, super weird soundbite that Howard Stern says that he's doing something related to Dr. Doom. Now, I don't know what this is or who told this man this or what, you know. He claimed he reached out to Robert Downey Jr. and all like that to confirm details and help him get some acting tips and all like that. Listen, Marvel would have shot the hell off if they really hired Howard Stern to be damn uh, Dr. Doom, one of the most important characters that we're going to need to cast in these next couple of years, you can't convince me that he's actually playing. Now, if it's something like, uh, you know, animation, okay, I'll give it a chance. Like, if he in What If Season 2, okay, I'll believe that. But, like, you can't convince me that man's going to be starring opposite John Krasinski in a Fantastic Four movie or popping up in Wakanda forever. I like I'm I just don't I'm not gonna believe that. I'm sorry. That's why I don't give these rumors too much credence because I don't know they just don't hold true to me. But he the one that said it. I mean it came from a hot mic moment from him. So I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to, you know, stir the pot a little bit. I don't know. But who he got me all rattled and frazzled and fried and died and laid to the side. So why don't I just jump into this episode? Another great episode of Miss Marvel. We open the episode up in the night sky and child, Kamala is on a damn plane. We don't see an adult in sight anywhere. So I thought sis had taken a credit card and swiped it on Priceline like she was a motherfucking city girl, okay? Like she was Carisha or Jatavia JT, okay? But then we see her mom in the aisle seat and apparently she agreed to this trip to Pakistan because Nani is old and because she insisted that they come. Now remember, Last episode, Nani saw the same vision that Kamala and Cameron's mom saw and insisted that they come to Karachi. The funny thing about this scene, though, is that the folks getting up in the background, the damn plane's still in the sky, okay? They already getting up, taking shit out of overhead bins, trying to be the first one in the aisle. Can y'all wait till we at least get to the gate first? Damn, like, I know y'all really want to, you know, be the first one off so you can, uh, I don't know what the hell y'all be trying to do because I'm not one of them people. I'll be the last one off the plane, child. I ain't got no damn where to go. I ain't going nowhere but Memphis, hell. I ain't, ain't shit happening in Memphis. Ain't nowhere for me to go except uh, the up or down, hell. And I'm going to just stay down until I get up. You heard me? 
they arrive and they see Nani and her cousins. I love this scene because obviously my guest last week, Noor, explained the significance of Pakistani culture and jewelry. And the first thing that Nani tries to do is give her the jewelry literally off of her wrist. Listen, one thing about grandparents, they're either going to give you a gift or they're going to overfeed your ass, okay? You leave grandmama house 15 pounds heavier than you came, and you only been there for the weekend, child. You don't know what the hell going on. You just know them jeans fit when you got there, and now you're wearing sweatpants. It's like Regina George all over again. They settle in at Nani's house, and Kamala comes across what appears to be like Nani's kind of, I call it a creative space, where there are all types of drawings and paintings on the wall, including one that Nani drew of Aisha. Kamala's shunned great-grandmother. We mention her every episode because we, even though we don't see her much on this show, she is heavily mentioned throughout because, I'm, you know, the way this episode ended, I guess we might get an appearance soon. No, I'm just saying. I don't know. Let me throw it over to Kaya, who actually asked the question about this very scene while she was watching. Wow, that was definitely an episode of Miss Marvel. It is getting better with each episode that goes by. I forget, is this one six or eight episodes? Anyways, um, at the beginning, when they go and see Nani, I was wondering if you could explain if you saw anything of significance of those articles that was on the wall in the room that... um, Kamala is staying in and also in the different drawings um I also wanted to point out that that was definitely in my mind the little stuffed animal that she had is a sloth from Zootopia you know that sloth that works at the DMV and he was like going slow as fuck oh my god I don't care what anyone says it's the Disney Marvel universe okay And also, um, okay, so I know that Captain Marvel is defender of the cosmos, so is she able to, like, go in between, like, the veil and the clandestine, um, dimensions? Like, how does she even connect to Miss Marvel other than the fact that Kamala is a Captain Marvel fangirl? Why, thank you, Kaya. Kaya, of course, is of the Bravo Wild Black Podcast. If you're a fan of reality TV, specifically Bravo, go check them out. Love them. Uh, So let me take those kind of one by one. Yes, this is another six-episode series. So WandaVision has been the only one that's strayed from that so far. Well, what if? But uh, the only live-action one that's strayed from that so far. But She-Hulk is going to be more than six episodes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's slated to be eight or nine episodes and it's supposed to be like a half hour kind of comedy actiony kind of thing so you know um on the wall in the bedroom there were no like major signs of anything like as far as like pointing to other stuff in the mcu the marvel cinematic universe it more so seemed like uh her nani actually kind of giving us the viewers a history lesson in a way because you know nor we we talked about this during our conversation about how pakistan actually you know came to be and so the articles on the wall mostly were uh kind of i think like clippings of like that event because i think one of them was uh the birth of pakistan an event in history so most likely uh just detailing all of that that happened and then some of her paintings on the wall to me now i don't i don't know what realm this is but some of them look like they were at the actual like train station. So 
it kind of looked like she's, you know, either painting these uh, visions that her and Kamala are having, or she just, you know, remembered the different time and she's, you know, putting it on there. And I don't know. I don't know what the case is, but, you know, child, she, she doing it, okay? Some of those, though, okay, some of the people in some of those paintings looked at a little unseen-ish, okay? It looked at like it might be, you know, not up here. So I don't know if she had some other visions where maybe she saw, like, the clandestine in other forms or she saw the unseen. I don't know. But I'm ready to see because that kind of, it kind of felt like it was, you know, kind of illuminating something that we might see in future episodes, especially with the way that this episode ended. Um, okay, you you also asked about her napping pillow, the sloth. Yes, it is a sloth, and she actually kind of points to that later in the episode when she gets to the beach, and they're like, everyone has a nickname. I'm Chemo, it's just short for Kareem. And she's like, what's your nickname? She says, Sloth Baby. So yes, she has kind of an obsession with, you know, sloths. So yes, you were reading that right. Lastly, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is like Kamala, you know, like we said, it's her idol in the comics. Uh, when she... Her kind of uh, origin story in the comics is that the Terrigen Mist, because she's an inhuman, the Terrigen Mist spread one night and, you know, she her powers kind of activated. But she saw herself as like this white woman basically looking just like Carol Danvers. And it wasn't until she really kind of accepted, you know, being a brown girl from New Jersey that she actually started to look like herself again. You did The Terrigen Mist, like if you ever seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or uh, what else? We see all oh, that whack ass inhuman show. Don't watch that. It was only like ten episodes, but waste of time. But <laughs> it gave us a great black boat, so we'll take that. But uh Captain Marvel, no. She cannot go between like dimensions and stuff like that. She's the protector of our cosmos, but as we saw, there are other versions of Captain Marvel out there, such as Maria Rambo in uh Earth what three eighty three in uh the Multiverse of Madness. So there are other Captain Marvels out there, but no, she can't like just traverse the multiverse and go to other cosmos to do anything. So, uh, it all, I feel like at some point, I'm going to ask y'all about this later though, but I feel like some point, I mean, we've got to get a, a Captain Marvel, either a Captain Marvel or, a, a, uh, maybe a Monica Rambo kind of cameo at some point during this episode. I am not this episode in this season before it ends. But I'm I'm thinking it's just gonna be like in a post credit scene, not in an actual episode. So I don't know. We'll see. Kamala inquired about why Nani sent her that bangle, and Nani kind of confirms that Kamala, yeah, you are a gin, or at least that's what Nani's dad told her. That bangle saved Nani's life, and since the episode ends with like Kamala traveling back in time somehow, we're guessing that Kamala receiving that bangle, time traveling. And Nani's story of escaping, getting on the train, all, all of that. It's all got to be related somehow. So Kamala, it seems like this isn't like a TVA event where they're going to come in and be like, oh, you stepped off your branch of time for all you Loki fans out there. No, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like this is a looping event. Like she has to go back in time in order actually to be born, which is weird. But, you know, I don't, you know, child marveling this damn time traveling. You never know what the rules will be from day to day. So I'm just going along with it. Okay. Don't be mad at me. Nani reveals that she wanted Kamala to come to Karachi because she knew that she needed to be there in order to figure out her next steps. And thank God she came because this was a great episode. Her cousins come get her later and they go to a restaurant, those three and Maniba, and they actually have to sit outside because Kamala has on jeans. They have to order from what's called the patio menu. 
learning a little more like about society and Karachi is here because keep in mind, she couldn't wear them like on the inside, but she could still wear them in society. So it kind of like, I love that it's kind of like breaking down misconceptions about Pakistan that a lot of people have. This scene is kind of paralleling to like what a lot of us Americans experience. Like when we visit places that our families come from, or even when like here in America, when someone else visits here, like I can't tell you the number of times, Ooh, this is so shady, but I can't tell you the number of times I've like been shrugged at or judged, like especially in college because I'm African American and like have, you know, we have our own customs. Okay. Outside of those of being African, Child, let me tell y'all something. I went to a Nigerian wedding one time, and they ate my bougie ass up, constantly trying to uh, eat certain meals with fork and knife instead of just using my hands like they were doing, which is funny because my family actually calls me bougie for this very same reason. Child, they asses be sitting up there picking up the pork chop by using they, uh, look, the, the pointer finger and they thumb, just picking it right up, putting it right in their mouth, just going to town on it. Child. I be uh, acting like I'm eating a damn Wagyu steak straight out of Australia, cutting it delicately. Like, if, if you don't damn cut into that fried pork chop and leave me the hell alone, now, don't let it be an oxtail or a neck bone, okay? Ain't no cutlery in sight. Anyway, this whole scene is Kamala basically facing something similar because she has on jeans. Her name apparently isn't like traditionally Pakistani, as one of the aunties uh, pointed out. And she's not really used to the spicy food that they're eating. They go to the market and we, the viewers, get a peek like of what visually it looks like to live in Karachi. Now, keep in mind, if I'm not mistaken, this episode was actually shot in, I want to say Bangkok, Thailand. But they did an amazing job of making it look like they were actually in Pakistan. During this episode, or this scene rather, we get another slight nod to Shang-Chi. Now, remember... Last episode, we had those 10 rings on the ground in the cave at the beginning of the episode when the clandestine were uh, looking for the bangle. This episode, the cousin says to her, is it not exotic enough for the ABCD's Instagram, which he said stands for American Born Confused Desi. See, in Shang-Chi, when they get to Xialing's uh, fighting, like... I don't know what you call it, like fighting club skyscraper place where Shang-Chi and his sister fought for the first time. Her assistant, like the guy who plays her assistant character, told them, oh, no worries. I speak ABC, which we learned stood for American Born Chinese. I love that this show is like constantly acknowledging other MCU content that stars mostly Asian cast. I love that we're not like, uh, I love that it's not like trying to like whitewash any of the characters that aren't white. I like, I love that. I love that we're actually getting to see a lot of the culture, a lot of the lingo, and that a lot of people viewing this are actually feeling like it's an authentic representation of the culture that they know and they love and that they were raised in. I love it. Kamala ducks away from her cousins and she heads to the train station like she always wants to do. Logically, this is the first step since, you know, she saw the train leaving Karachi in her vision from last episode. She gets directions from a man and he told her to take a left and then you go take another left. Then one more left again. And then you go make a slight left, you know, just kind of, you know, it's kind of right, but like not all the way right, just a little right. Man, listen, that's like when black folks try to give you directions using restaurants and landmarks. Uh-uh. 
let me just use Google Maps because you telling me to keep on down until I see a Wendy's, but if I pass a church's chicken, I'm gone too far. That's too damn much. I'm not doing all that, okay? Mama, <laughs> Kamala gets there, puts her mask on that Bruno made for her. You know, she got in that box last episode and walks around looking for anything, really. This is when we get yet another Ant-Man reference in the form of a mural that's on a wall. Pod, I just I feel like Paul Rudd at some point is going to pop up in this series because there have been way too many Ant-Man references that like, it's almost been as many as we've gotten like Carol Danvers references. Apparently though, it's like an Avengers mural series that they've been doing and uh, it's like happening in Karachi. I love that it mentions uh, Adrian Alfano who uh, they, they mentioned like on the mural, who is actually a, like a famous comic book artist that has worked on numerous Miss Marvel comic books. All honor to his name, okay? Suddenly, plot clickety! A dagger hits the wall, and y'all like my sound effects, don't it? Suddenly, plot clickety! A dagger hits the wall, and Kamala narrowly escapes it. She looks over, and it's... Kareem, a.k.a. the Red Dagger. And yes, this character is straight out of the comics, okay? Let me actually, before I dive into it, let me throw it over to our good friend of the podcast, Nor, to talk about this episode and to ask about the Red Dagger, too. Hi, Kendrick. It's Noor from The Reality Is. Um, it's, what, four episodes now since uh, Miss Marvel premiered, and four out of four, I have cried every single time. But this particular episode was really, really cool. Um, Karachi is where my family is from, and so to see all of it, this, like, very, um, you know, it's still it's still a comic book show, so there is still definitely a lot of set pieces and stuff. But to see so many parts of our country, or, like, my country and my city that, um, you know, it shown in in such a beautiful way was really really amazing um this you know eating biryani in bags at the beach listening to friends sing classic pakistani song pop songs um with an acoustic guitar from the 90s like that is such a it's such a pakistani quintessential pakistani moment moment because if you ever go to pakistan everybody's got a cousin who likes to sit around and sing classic 90s songs like that uh the music on the show was incredible you know the juxtaposition of the beach bonfire and the boat club and the rules of the boat club the fact that her cousins are constantly like her one cousin's making fun of her and calls her an abcd an american-born confused desi meanwhile the cousins themselves are very what we call burger which basically means like pakistanis who act western so her cousins are actually pakistanis who act like they're from the west meanwhile they're mocking her for coming from the west the jokes about like how do you know I'm American? I could be from Canada. And him being like, you're wearing a shirt that says New Jersey on it. Um, I want to hear from you about Red Dagger and what his background is. And I loved hearing more about the importance of um, Kamala and the newer dimension and what the plan is for the clandestines to take over and what they would do to our Earth if they were to take over and all of that. And then finally, ending at those train scenes at the during the partition I think that was really important because I don't think that people realize um 
the history for a lot of South Asian Americans is that, you know, we talk about partition stories, partition stories. Well, what does it mean? It's a lot like the stuff that we saw recently happening in Ukraine, right, where people are trying to just get out and get to safety and people are getting on trains where they're just sending their kids or they're just sending a wife and kids and husbands are, you know, staying behind and stuff like that. So seeing all that imagery and and seeing it on TV on a on a show like this was really important because I've never seen it before um, in mainstream, but I watched it with my kids and my kids asked me, well, what's going on? And it gave me an opportunity to explain it to him. And it was a very, an emotional conversation, but it was just so beautiful. And you could see Kamala and her reaction because that would have been any of us if we were ever placed in that situation, right? We hear the stories from our parents and we don't realize the uh, breadth of, of of the sadness um, when she's having that conversation with her nani about um, identity and her nani says, you know, my roots are in this place and I'm in this place and my passport says one thing, but I don't know who I am. Like, I just, I loved all of it. And her nani's just casual nature of saying like, yeah, we're gen, whatever, it's genetics. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and I'm interested to see how Kamala's relationship with her mother changes now that her mom is spending time with her mom. So that's going to be fun. But yeah, I'd love to hear from you about the Red Daggers and how this is discussed in the comic books. Um, I will say the one thing that I found really annoying was how um, those the, bad, the baddies just escaped um, wherever they were. And they just fucking, which flight did you catch? How did you get here so fast? What's going on? Can you transport yourself? Explain your travel. Because... You, sh- you had to still get on a 15-hour flight like the rest of us do, okay? That's it. <laughs> That's all my thoughts. Can't wait to hear the rest of the episode and the analysis from you. So let me, there's not, okay, so I will say there's not like a storied history with the Red Dagger, but he absolutely is from Miss Marvel Comics. So let me tell you all a little bit about him. So in comics... Kareem is actually a character that's uh, staying with Kamala's Nani while he's studying at school. But at night, like most superheroes, he's a crime fighter known as the Red Dagger. See, at some point, he actually does like an exchange program, becomes an exchange student, and winds up, of course, staying with Kamala Nim in New Jersey. So we'll see if this actually kind of comes true by the end of the series or if they're going to just pretty much keep him in Karachi. I don't know. Uh, him and Kamala, they pretty much get into like this evenly matched fight, meaning that uh, Kamala really is learning how to use her powers really well now. She's getting much better at it. He asked if all Americans had powers, and Kamala says, how do you know I'm not Canadian? Which actually is a nod to the fact that uh, the actress that plays her, uh, what's her name, Iman Vellani, she's actually Canadian. I watched so many of her interviews because I find her to be like one of the most likable MCU actors out there. Like she, I find all her interviews to be hilarious. She is always ready to play. She's ready to participate. Like you can tell she is genuinely excited and happy to be in the MCU. And it's not just another job for her. She realizes that Kamala, he well, he realizes that Kamala probably isn't bad. Like not a clandestine in his words and thought that, uh, she was because of the bangle. They end up hearing people coming towards them and they actually leave together. At another location, they go through the kitchen and then they go into like this secret wall because Batman and he introduces her to 
the Red Daggers with an S on the end. See, this is a little different from comics because he's the Red Dagger in comics, but it appears in the MCU that they're like a group, like a group of heroes or, I don't know, a Justice League type thing of heroes. They even like mention like people taking up the mantle of Red Dagger, which, you know, we in comics and in comic book movies, we hear this phrase all the time. Like Captain Marvel, that's a mantle. Like Carol Danvers is not the only Captain Marvel that have been Captain Marvels throughout history. It's just she's the most, like, you know, notorious Captain Marvel, her comics. Uh, Monica Rambeau was actually a Captain Marvel. I've told y'all that before. Anyway, um, so, they, you know, we find out this is actually a group, not just one guy. Um... It seems like they're making it seem as if this moniker of Red Dagger in Pakistan is uh, something that's been passed on from generation to generation. So I feel like, I kind of feel like this is like a little nod to like Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, like a little nod to that. Because you know, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, she was originally Miss Marvel and then she became Captain Marvel. And you know, Miss Marvel, she wore that little tiny spandex uh you know how they used to draw women in comics that little bitty bathing suit with the lightning bolt on it and you know child <laughs> they revealed their faces to each other and this is when Walid walks in and he implies that he knows Kamala's great grandmother Aisha we find out that this organization's not person's mission is to protect their people from the unseen. Now, remember, we've heard this word a few times now. I think it's the second time we've heard it in this show, which I told y'all we know the unseen from comics, but it seems like they're kind of using clandestine and unseen interchangeably, which they're really not in the comics, but, you know, uh, Marvel MCU, actually, has a pretty big history of doing this. You know, they... For they a lot of times stay close to the comics, you know, as close as they want to, but they make stuff fit their bigger picture. So, like, think about Loki and uh, oh, what's her name, Sylvie. So, Sylvie is a Loki variant, but she actually has all the empowers of another character called the Enchantress. So, it kind of seems like they've kind of merged those two characters into once, and this happens all the time in the MCU. So, I mean, it's nothing new, nothing major. Don't worry, it's all right, people, it's all good. This next part is pretty important, and I hope y'all caught the parallels between this and a movie that conveniently was put on Disney Plus the week before this episode aired. Almost as if they wanted people who hadn't seen it to catch the similarities. Now, let me explain. He says that they're from another realm and that there are actually, you know, many dimensions around them. He shows her basically kind of like a 3D map that uh, shows their world being overlaid by another one and said that it's hidden uh, behind the veil of Nor. Shout out, Nor. And separates their two worlds. If the clandestine used Marvel's, uh, not Marvel's, Kamala's bangle to tear down this veil that exists between the two worlds, then they unleash their world onto ours until basically there's nothing left of our world. Now, what does this sound like to you? What movie am I referencing? I strongly believe that Multiverse of Madness, the movie that made close to $1 billion in the box office, ended its run to be put on Disney Plus right before this episode aired so that we can see the parallels between what Waleed described and what the Illuminati described as an incursion in Multiverse of Madness. So let me kind of slow down. 
I think I've spoken of these before on the podcast, but incursions are basically the whole reason behind the Secret Wars event in Marvel Comics, which it seems like is what we're going to be introduced. I don't know. It seems like with the introduction of the multiverse, that's where we're headed with these phases. Phase one and phase two led into see you know phase three, which was the uh, Infinity Saga. And then uh, I'm guessing that phases four and five will leave into, you know, ultimately secret wars. Uh, as they kind of described in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, an incursion happens when two universes or worlds uh, in each multiverse or in the multiverse are on a crash collision to each other. So only one of them of the two worlds that are about to crash can exist. So one must be destroyed and all the lives that are on that planet uh, have to be destroyed too in order for the other one to be saved. This sounds exactly like what Walid was saying will happen if the veil between their ro- world and the world that the uh, clandestine are on is broken. He notices the inscription on Kamala's bangle and for the first time we learn what it means. It means what you seek is seeking you. We don't know much, we don't have to get like much other clarification because then we cut over to the Department of Damage Control. They have a supermax prison, so it must be filled with like superpowered individuals, just like the raft is filled with supervillains. Think about Falcon and Winter Soldier. At the end, when uh, Zemo was arrested by the uh, Wakanda, you know, the Dora Milaje, uh, they took him to the raft. Uh, I think it was A.O. I.O. that mentioned that in the episode. Uh, The clandestine are here, and we see them being escorted somewhere in the Supermax prison. But they escape, just like Nor said earlier, they escape pretty damn easily. I don't know, you know, why they have only one dude escorting all of them down that hall, these super, I'll never know, but hey, who am I to judge, right? As they're escaping, Najma, who I keep referring to as uh, Cameron's mom, (laughs) says uh, to leave Cameron because basically he helped Kamala and Bruno in that last episode at the wedding. Basically saying that Cameron is an op, okay, and can't be trusted. We don't trust ops, okay? Not the OPP. Yeah, you know me. We don't trust ops, okay? Kamala makes her way back to Nani and they have a little heart to heart out on the balcony while uh, Muniba is out there cleaning her ass off. Kareem texts her asking if she's free and I, I listen, I bet Kamala is like, oh shit, we got action. Let me suit up, but no, okay? They go to a little bonfire on the beach and they eat and they drink and be married. They don't drink, but you know. Uh, I love that Kamala has options, okay? Because look, it looks like uh, Kareem is filling her. Uh, Cameron is filling her. Bruno is filling her. We know how Bruno feel about it, okay? Kamala is pulling. Do you hear me? We check back in on Nani and Muniba, and they end up having a heart-to-heart where they put it all out on the table. And listen, sometimes that's what mother and daughters got to do because the same way son and fathers got to have that conversation and have it out sometime, mothers and daughters do too, child. If I know anything from personal experience, you got to have it out sometime. Ooh, they talk about why Muniba left Pakistan, while Nani thought she left, and what Nani was doing back in the day with her stories and all the kind of stuff, how it affected Muniba. They put it all out there, okay? We cut back to the Red Dagger Lair, which I guess that's what I call it. And I'm just noticing that the place is literally called the ABC, or as I mentioned earlier, American Born Chinese. 
Waleed says that Kamala's powers are unique because she's actually from this world. And Kamala is feeling it, okay? Because she's glowing and stretching and lighting, all kind of stuff. He gives her some fabric that's been passed down, just like, you know, uh, we've talked about how it's pretty traditional and what it means, like, passing items that have been in, like, a lineage for a long time down. And when she puts it on... She looks a lot more like the Miss Marvel that we know from comics with the red, like long sleeve shirt under the blue top, you know, the blue dress, whatever you want to call it. This is when the clandestine break in and all hell breaks loose and all out battle ensues. They wind up on the run. They, they take one of them taxi bikes and the clandestine take a damn dumpster truck to chase them in. Hardly seems fair, but okay. Let me tell you something. I feel like all of my favorite MCU scenes and moments are low-key car chases or in vehicles. Think about this scene. Think about Samuel L. Jackson, a.k.a. Nick Fury, in that Winter Soldier scene where the police are chasing him down the street. Then they try to infiltrate the truck and he has to fire on him when the, you know, the, the windshield, uh, what do they call it? The capability gets down to 1%. He has to fire him. Think about Natasha and Yelena escaping Taskmaster and uh, Black Widow. Think about the bus scene in Shang-Chi, like that whole bus fight scene with, uh, what is his name, uh, Razor Fist and, you know, all those guys. I love all of those moments, okay? I feel like I go up for that uh, Nick Fury car chase scene so much. Maybe because Winter Soldier is still my favorite MCU movie. I don't know. I don't think anything will ever dethrone Winter Soldier. I just love that movie so much. Let me go watch that, actually. Child, they do this for a while and they manage to escape one of the clandestine chasing them. And then they rely on Kamala driving and y'all know damn well that's a recipe for disaster. But maybe it's not because, you know, the worst thing, it's not the worst thing because she knocked his ass off that same clandestine member that always has the rope. Now, I don't know if that man's still alive or what's the situation, but she knocked his ass off, okay? But the short, you know, the, the happiness that they experience is really short-lived because Waleed is actually killed by Najma, thrown off the balcony and everything. I guess this kind of lights a spark up in Kamal and Kareem because they end up going full superhero mode in the middle of the street and kicking some ass, okay? Kamala and that damn stretchy head, what is it called? The hard light fist whooping ass and all that kind of stuff. Hard light fist, hard light foot, hard light head, you know, all kind of stuff. Najma comes and sees that Kareem has killed one of the clandestine and she gets pissed and attacks Kamala, but ends up stabbing her bangle and chat. Kamala winds up back in time at a train station when it's busy as hell. Now I remember earlier when nobody at the damn train station, but now it's just all of a sudden just super busy. Looks as if people are fleeing. Now see, this must mean that Kamala is back to when, uh, I don't know if it was her mama or Nani. I, oh, God. I should know that part of the story. One of them had to kind of, uh, you know, rush to get back on the boat. And they said, not the boat, the, the train. And it was because, um, what would they say? It was because of, like a, a trail of stars helped to guide her back onto it. Or that was a myth that they kind of came up with in their mind. I don't know. We're going to get it explained next episode. And I'm really excited about it. We're down to two episodes. And usually I hate to see a show end. But I'm actually kind of excited to see how this show ends. Like, I want to see how this plays out. And I think that's actually a really good sign of how much I'm enjoying this show. But actually, I want to hear from you guys. 
I'm loving this show and almost want it to be like Moon Knight now. Like in a sense that no other characters from the MCU that are already established come and take away from her story. Like, you know, Carol or Bruce or Scott, they could probably add a light if done right. But I don't think that I want this to happen until like after the last episode in the post credit scene. Like that would be the perfect place for it. Not in an actual episode because I love Kamala and her culture and her personality and her learning to use those powers and like learn to be this young hero. It's very much similar to Spider-Man in a lot of ways, but people aren't ready for that conversation, okay? The same people that act like they can't watch this damn show. I digress, fuckers. What do y'all think? Agree? Disagree? What? You know how to reach me. Reach out to me. Email, Instagram. I'll try to answer, child. Y'all know me. Slat, see, slide into the comment section. I'm usually good about answering the comments in the comment section, but Lord, I be, my damn job overworks me, okay? Listen, Beyonce said, you won't break my soul. My job said, uh, I think the fuck not. And they took that as a personal challenge, okay? So I might not be able to take time to read DMs all the time, but I try to respond as like periodically as I can. So with all that being said, I'm going to get out of here. I might go watch Winter Soldier. I don't know. Y'all hit me up. Tell me what you're doing. If you feel so inclined, buy me a coffee. www.buymeacoffee.com slash realitycomics2, the number two this time. Not like Instagram, realitycomics2, T-O-O, because they said my name was too damn long. Y'all, I'll see sat through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple Podcasts or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.